The Poorly Made Police podcast is for entertainment purposes only. This podcast has explicit content and is meant for mature audience. The views expressed on this poorly made podcast reflect the opinions of the guests and hosts. They do not reflect the opinion of any department or entity. Nothing on this poorly made podcast should be construed as legal or marital advice. If something offends you, I kindly invite you to lighten the fuck up. If you want to support this very poorly made podcast, click the link at the end of the description and become a monthly sponsor of the podcast. Or buy yourself some nice poorly made police memes merch. Not only does it look good on you, it's also a favorite of wives, exes, children, nurses, nuns, IA investigators, defense attorneys, and the chief. And of course, take care of the fine sponsors of this podcast. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the orgasmic sound of a Crown Vic. Yo, hey there. Welcome to another fun, exciting edition of the Very Poorly Made Please podcast. I am your host, Lenny. That's not my name. It's Lloyd. How are you guys? I hope this podcast finds you well. This episode, we kind of do a little bit of follow-up from the Law Odyssey 3, and we talk some DUI stuff. I have a guy that's been on the list for the podcast for almost two years. He joins. He is a trooper. And besides busting soccer moms for equipment violations, he's really into DUIs, so we really dive into that and spend a lot of time on that. But we do talk about other things, of course, because that's what we do here. Before we get to the podcast, of course, big thanks to Officer Privacy for putting on the show. As you guys know, they put on each and every Sunday poorly made police podcast for you. You guys know I am a paying customer of their premium service. Yes, I'm not in law enforcement right now, and I know some people that listen to this podcast are also not in law enforcement. I would assume, like me, you value your privacy. It's called officer privacy, but it is for anyone that chooses to use it. I think it's great because I just don't want anyone knowing where I live. We've all probably been in situations or had exes or whatever. We don't want that information out there. It's also great to help prevent some of this fraudulent type stuff because your information is just out there for the taking on these people search sites. If you're a longtime listener to the podcast, you know the owner of Office Privacy, Pete James has been on the podcast and he explained all that in detail on how you end up in these people search sites. Now, for cops, obviously, it's kind of a big deal. You don't want people to know where you live. You don't want some guy being able to track you down. God forbid you're in one of these critical incidents. You don't want the media, the fiery yet peaceful protesters coming to your door. You just want that peace of mind. So I mentioned I pay for the premium service. They also have a a do-it-yourself type option where they give you the tools to take care of it, and you can remove yourself from these sites. I prefer the premium service. I filled out one little sheet. They've been taking care of me ever since. It's awesome. It's peace of mind. Those are my good friends over at officerprivacy.com. We'll get right into the podcast and do us some learning, including a biology lesson. Who would have thought it? But first, a little bit of music. Let's go with Black Top Rodeo, and we'll be right back to the podcast.
Coming to us from the south, I have the man, the myth, the legend, a trooper who has a stick up his ass. I have Luce Assel. How are you, bud? <laughs> I'm doing good. How about you? I was good until I totally fucked up the delivery of uh, your name, Blue. But that's okay. I mean, honestly, my real name gets butchered constantly, so I'm just kind of used to it at this point. Yeah, I see your real I, name I'm up here, and I'm like, what the fuck is this? Oh, I, dude, I don't it's even... Bad. It's, it is bad. So, you know, I have a last name where it's it's pretty funny when, you know, the telemarketers call and try and figure it out. It's usually pretty entertaining, but I, I don't even fucking know where to start with your weird name, but that's okay. Are you having anything to drink tonight? I am having something to drink tonight. I'll probably only have one us. just because I got to work in the morning. But I am drinking some delicious chicken cock whiskey. What? Some what? <laughs> what was that? Some chicken cock Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey, according to the bottle. Chicken cock. Yes, sir. I I'm at a loss for words, and I, I'm normally not at a loss for words. What the fuck? <laughs> you don't want to try some of- chicken cock? I mean, twenty bucks is twenty bucks, I guess. But I've—I <laughs> don't know about old chicken cock. I'm almost to the point of googling this. This whatever chicken cock is is gonna get a bunch of free advertising right now. Oh, absolutely! I hope it does. It's actually surprisingly good. It was Can originally it? given to me as a gag gift, and I thought it was just gonna be atrocious, but it's actually decent shit. But it's like a sixty-dollar bottle. Yeah, like I say, I mean, it's decent. It's nothing like, holy fuck, I'm going to spend my whole next two weeks worth of paychecks on it, but it's pretty good. Well, now I know a little more about chicken cock. The more more often you learn about chicken genitalia, I I consider that a good day. (laughs) All right, this is a weird place to start this podcast, but (laughs) I'm, um, I'm in my late 30s. I don't understand how chickens fertilize the eggs, and I'm almost scared to ask. I'm not going to ask at all. I don't want to know. I kind of want to know. I don't know. Enough. I don't understand it. How does that happen? I don't know. I know it's unfortunately a surprising amount about, I guess, poultry genitalia and how ducks have a corkscrew penis. And once I learned that, I was like, you know what? I'm done with the genitals. I'm a little worried about you to start this podcast. (laughs) No, there was a shit one. I mean, I don't know when they actually came out, but there was like a YouTube series called like true facts about, and it was just random different animals. And it sounded like a Walmart brand, Morgan Freeman narrating. Huh? All right. And they did an episode of true facts about the duck. And they show that ducks have corkscrew penises and females have a reverse corkscrew vaginas. The more, you know, the more, you know, all right. (laughs) Do you want to hear how how we do this? We have fertile eggs. Are you ready? Oh, God, no. <laughs> okay. Lay it on me. A, a hen does need a rooster to lay fertile eggs. Basically, uh, it's the same as any other species. The male mates with the female. His sperm travel into the hen's oviduct, oviduct, and in the case of poultry, fertilize the yolk of any eggs laid within the next couple weeks. Well, look at that. All right. Thank you for tuning into like this week's Animal Planet podcast. 
I feel like I'm really stupid for not knowing that. I don't know. I I've that's going to be in your search fucking. history. That's going to be in your search history for a very very long time to come. Along with midget porn, but who are we to judge? Uh, different strokes for different folks, I guess. I suppose we are we are really starting off in a, in a weird and awkward place. I do have a, a public service announcement. Is uh, I'm not supposed to be drinking, but I'm drinking. So fuck you. It's a uh, Yingling. I, I don't know if you've ever heard of them. It's oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Delicious. It is probably the best lager. Thank that you. you. Can get. Thank you. I haven't had the chocolate one yet. I've heard it's delicioso. Not a huge fan of the chocolate beers, but I, I don't even think I knew that they made one. But I'm glad you can finally get it out, out in the cornfields. We finally made it. Now, I have to give credit where credit's due for uh, Lou here. He messaged me after episode 11. That was, I don't know, like a year and nine months ago. It was almost two years ago. And when I sent him a message finally a few weeks ago, he was fucking ready for the challenge. And so I want to thank you for your service, bud. Thank you for waiting for me this long. I'll only wait for you. That was before you even had seasons. That was just back when it was just episodes. Yeah, I didn't know what I was going to do with that. I thought about going to like 420 per season, but I'm like, that's a lot. So Holy 69. Shit, yeah. 69 just seemed like the right number. You know, it, not that there's any like real break in the seasons. It's just because I'm a man child and 69 is a funny number. 69 will always be funny, but like just about every podcast has seasons and it doesn't really make much sense to me, but I just go along with it. You know, there was an article the other day that I think it was like Vice or something, which fights, they're a bunch of fucking cucks, but they, <laughs> they said that 69 isn't funny anymore. 69 will always be funny. And if you don't think it's funny, then you need to give your fucking balls a tug and grow up. I have taken a picture of my I've taken a picture of my odometer every in every single patrol car I've ever had when I hit 69 420. <laughs> and I will continue <laughs> to do that. Leave us alone, all right? I hate how people just fucking try to take the joy out of life. Honestly, the day I go to Vice to find out what's funny and what's not is going to be a very, very dark, cold day in hell. Well said. All right, Lou, we should probably talk at some point about police work. Even though, I mean, you're not really a cop, you're a trooper. Just kidding. I am an overpaid meter maid, as my friends have put it. How did you get into law enforcement? Um, so... Obviously, the generic uh, TV makes shit look cool. Um, I had family, extended family, had been in all sorts of different levels uh, with the NYPD, FBI, Secret Service, um, all sorts of different levels. So it had always kind of been in the background. And I guess it just became the cop-out college degree when I went to college was criminal justice, which, by the way, worthless degree, please, for the tens and tens of listeners or tens of millions, whichever it is tonight, please don't get a criminal justice background or a degree. Criminal justice background is fine. Just don't get your degree in it. Uh, it doesn't do anything for you. But there I was four years later coming up at the end of my senior year and they required me to do an internship, which a full-time unpaid internship. 
And I, I was back in the days I wanted to do the glory. I wanted to go do SWAT. I wanted to do hood rat shit with my friends. Um, so I went to a big city police department, did my internship and they bounced me around literally everywhere. They made me do a week with the traffic team. They made me do a week with SROs. They made me do a week with CSI. They let me do a week with SWAT. Like they let me do a bunch of cool stuff. And as I was going through it, dogs, shush. Yeah, tell your dog to shut the fuck up. Yeah, I've got two German Shepherds and I like to have screaming matches with each other. Fuck. There we go. Um, But yeah, so got to bounce around, do a bunch of cool different shit. Some boring stuff like, man, the couple days I spent with the SROs, I hated my life. I was like, this is this is a waste of time. I know I'm not getting paid, but I feel like I'm being robbed right now. <laughs> um, but they sent me to do a week with their traffic unit. And I was like, man, this is about to be some boring ass shit. And by the end of that week, I was itching to go back. And I actually skipped out on a week in human resources to go back with the traffic team. Because I actually I had a lot of fun. I don't know what. Whether it was the unmarked cars, just the driving fast down the interstate. I don't know what it was, but that shit was a lot of fun to me. So I started looking around when I was about to get married. The wife was kind of in between jobs, wasn't sure where she was going to end up. And I was like, dude, why try to pick a police department and then tie her down? Let me just go work for the state. Now I can just go wherever they tell me to go. And it should fit in with her stuff. And I was, uh, there's no looking back now at this point. I've had so much fun with the state. Yeah, I mean, I imagine it would be really fun to harass grandmas and soccer moms about. Oh, well, the harassing grandmas isn't too much fun just because it's like, man, you're being stupid. You're going to die before your court date. I'm not going to write you a ticket. But the harassing soccer moms, that's always plenty of fun. Because then it's just like, as soon as you finish up the traffic stop, you just call your sergeant and be like, Hey, man, so uh, I'm going to get complained on again. So I'll be at the office in the next 10 to 15 minutes. So for the uh, sake of being anonymous, we're not going to say what state you're in. But Do you work in an area where you guys do other stuff besides highway stuff, or are you basically highway only? No, um, so I'm I'm traffic only. We'll put it that way. Um, okay. We – we get the advantage to just go wherever the hell we want. Doesn't matter whether it's in the city limits, if it's in the county, or if it's the Honest God Highway interstates. We go wherever the hell we want. If it happens on the road, that's where what we deal with. We're not going to deal with the fake crimes like murder and larceny and any <laughs> that shit. It's not real. Well, I mean, I think there's an argument to be made, and I brought up the point, is more people die on the roadways than are killed or homicided that's not a word are murdered each year (laughs) homicided we're gonna make that a word by the end before your podcast ends and you just call it quits for making homicided a word a verb well that might be the name of the podcast that's the early front runner um (laughs) yeah i and i i could look it up again but i'm pretty sure like the traffic okay so the traffic deaths in 2001 were almost forty three thousand people Oh, yeah. It's insane how many people die on the roads. And then the homicides in the U.S. in 2021 were 21,000, 26,000. Depends who you ask, apparently. Uh, But yeah, somewhere, but less. Yeah. And I think people kind of forget about that. And I know, you know, everybody gets troopers a hard time and, you know, the guys that 
really harp on the traffic stuff a hard time. But, you know, honestly, bad driving causes a lot of deaths in this country. Definitely. Yeah. And people forget, like, man, so law enforcement's not getting any help. No one wants to join law enforcement. So agencies are just getting shorter and shorter on staffing. But the country's still growing, which means more vehicles on the road. And that just means more assholes behind the wheel. And now there's just not enough, whether it's local cops, deputies or troopers or anything, there's just not enough to deal with at all. I don't know. It's hard to like, just ask this because I think it really depends on the agency and things like that. But where you work, do you have a lot of freedom as far as like, if you want to do interdiction type stuff, it's not frowned upon as you know, or they want you strictly working on, you know, moving violations and stuff. No, it's mostly moving violations just because the way it's set up is like, yeah, we've got an inter we've got a couple interdiction teams, but nobody like thinks of the highway patrol or the state troopers is going after the dope. At least, I mean, I don't know how it is everywhere, but at least in my corner of the woods, like, Everyone thinks of state troopers as just those moving violations so that nobody gives a shit if we get 20 keys of coke off of a traffic stop. Like I've literally caught people fleeing shootings and hom like attempted homicides and nobody cares. But if I get five drunks in a week, it's like, hell yeah, great job, dude. So it's true. The memes are true. Is what you're oh, absolutely. Me. 100%. And like I've gone to domestics with a buddy or two. And like I'm literally just sitting there, pretty much just as moral support. I'm like, hey, if they try to flee, let me stop them, and I'll get the DWI, and then you can charge them with the domestics. Are you guys I'm, allowed to I, chase? Uh, yes. I, the day they tell me I'm not allowed to chase is the day I leave. <laughs> I mean, but you can you guys chase for it? anything or is there are there rules restrictions or if they take off it's fucking go time it's open season um now that being said like obviously if the supervisor says you need to cancel you kind of have to do what the supervisor tells you but i've chased somebody over a seatbelt before oh shit that's probably the lowest level that i've chased somebody for now that i think okay. about it seatbelts probably i mean yeah every now and then it's like you get behind somebody like man there's their inspection's been expired for three years. They're definitely hurting everybody around by driving that. So let me go ahead and pull them over. And then they run and you're like, mm, they're probably hammered. And then you, you articulate that. And then the chase really becomes a DWI chase and not a expired inspection chase. You know what I mean? Yeah, I hear you. Well, and here's, here's the thing people don't want to hear. It, and I, I don't know about you. I assume you're a trooper. So you have no feelings, but <laughs> If I stop somebody for an expired tag and they're like a decent person that can't pay their bills, I'm not going to write them a ticket because it's essentially paying your taxes, right? Which we all should pay the taxes on the car. But honestly, most of the time, the expired tags, I would argue 70 to 80% of the time, isn't somebody down on their luck. It's an asshole. The car's not theirs. The car's you know, whatever. It's not insured. It's, you know, it's just an asshole that doesn't care. That's a flake kind of thing. That's what I've observed most of the time. I don't know if you've had the same opinion on that. Well, yes and no. I mean, a lot of people say that they just didn't realize, but I've also learned that everybody lies to you. 
So I just assumed what? everyone's lying. <laughs> yeah, I know. What? Spoiler alert. But to me, like my attitude is like, yes, I have no feelings. Fuck your shit. You're gonna hold a ticket. But if it's not hurting anybody, what's the point? Like the expired registration or expired inspection or something along those lines, like something petty or like, oh, you have a burned out headlight. At the end of the day, it's really not that important. So I'm not, I'm typically not going to stop people for that kind of stuff. I know, I know. You're welcome for my service. You do have a soul. We found it early. I didn't think we were going to find one, but you do have that. Well, that, that being said, though, if I get out of my car, you're holding something. You got to pay the light bill if I get out of the car. Oh. <laughs> so you're <laughs> one of those guys, if you stop somebody, they're getting a ticket. The only exception is when I'm doing my DWI. Like when I get into prime drunk hunting mode, like it's like Saturday night, 2.30 in the morning. Like I'll start stopping for some petty ass shit, but it's like, all right, you're not, you're sober. You're not hurting anybody. You're not high. Fuck it. Get on out of here. I'm going to go find a real drunk. And when I do find a real drunk, I hammer them with everything I can find. As you should. But, but like on a typical day, I usually give people about like 16, 17 over the speed limit before I start, uh, before I even start paying attention to you to pull over. Because that's okay. the, that's more of the stuff that's going to hurt somebody as opposed to, oh darn, you haven't paid your taxes. You okay. have a tinted license plate cover that's going to prevent the red light camera from catching you. Oh no! All right, so let's talk about the speed. So you're saying sixteen, seventeen over is about where you'll start pulling people over. That's my typical. Like, I mean, there's some days where it's like. Man, everyone's hauling ass. Screw it. Let's bump it up to like 20 over, 25 over. But on a, and then there are some days where they're doing like a massive, like one of those national highway safety campaigns for speed. And it's like, all right, I'll start popping at like 15 over on the interstate. But for the most part, yeah, I give people a decent cushion. Do you think that is the, um, is that the norm within your organization? Or are there other people that will start fucking hammering people at like 10 over? Oh, don't get me wrong. Like, so for the most part, like where I work, most, whether it's troopers or local, usually they give you about 15. But there are some people that I work with, man, they're like, ooh, 12 over. I'm going to fucking write that ticket. Ooh, you live next door to me and you're doing 11 over? Ticket. And it's like, why, dude? Why are you going to write your neighbors? And realistically, you do 10 to 15 over the speed limit, too. So why are you going to write the ticket if you do that shit? Yeah, I'm a big believer in that is you can't morally and ethically, if you write people for the same exact shit you do, you got a big ethical and moral problem. If you, that you completely ignore during in-service training when they talk about ethics and how you're a terrible <laughs> human being for taking free coffee. You know, I've that's seen that stealing <laughs> people have lost their fucking minds about that stuff. Like I saw something recently. It was one of those ethics type things. And it's like, yeah, if you go into the gas station and you get a free drink, like you're, you know, you're stealing and you're being improper. And it's like, shut the fuck up. They're trying like, to do something nice. And like, we're talking about humanizing the badge. 
And I got to be honest, man, if I was a business owner and a cop, you know, you're trying to be nice and they refused it, I may be like, well, fuck this guy. I'm just trying to be cool. Now, I'm not talking like New Jersey shit where like they have the PBA cards and anything goes. I'm just saying a fucking coffee or a fucking soda. Who gives a fuck? Like, especially like coffees and sodas, like, man, realistically, they're making a shitload of profit off of everyone they sell. So they can afford to. But like there are some places like most cops know the Lord's chicken get, typically gives 50% off. Love you, Chick-fil-A. But like you go to a restaurant like that <laughs> and they start giving you 50% or free on a regular basis. I can see the ethical thing where you're going there every single day. It's like, dude, come on. If you can't afford lunch, just say so. I heard a story of a guy and forgive me if I repeated it, but I probably have. But it's worth hearing again. He knew this restaurant gave discounts to cops. He would go there off duty and wear his uniform and bring his whole family in there and expect the discount. That's a problem. That's a problem. And that dude is a terrible human being. Now, there are some places near me that like they're small businesses and they start recognizing all the cops that come in and they'll try to give us free food when we're on our off days. Like you just come in and just normal like your typical thin li- blue line hoodie, your cargo shorts, your Oakleys and everything like typical cop look. <laughs> they like, dude, they'll still give you free shit. And it's like, come on, man. Like, let me pay for something like, no, no, no. It's you take care of us. We'll take care of you. I'm like, like chill. I'm, I'm not trying to rob you at this point. Like, especially with all this economy shit that's going on. Yeah. This is going to get interesting. Banks closing and <laughs> such. Who knows what's going to happen. And it's weird. Dude, I'm too just because... I'm just along for the ride. I have job security, and that's about all I got going for me. I'm glad you brought that up. And and just for those playing at home, it's March 30th. I don't think this thing's coming out till like the end of April. So who knows how many more banks are going to close and what fucking crazy shit is going to happen between now and then. So this hopefully is still timely. But I'm glad that you brought that up about job security. I was talking to somebody. I don't remember who it was, and we were talking about in 08 how the market collapsed right yeah that potentially could happen again and i know then there were some cops that were furloughed and lost their jobs and stuff i would say right now with the staffing crisis the way it is you're probably really safe right now as a cop super safe i mean they can barely get the minimal staffing agencies need like there are a bunch of agencies like big cities that used to be pretty reputable police departments and everything. And they're having to cut their special teams. They're pulling guys out of the detective bureau. Hey, you got to start taking calls. They're taking people off of the special assignments because they can't even handle the bare minimum anymore. So I, I like to think that I have a little bit of security, but just when I think I have everything figured out is usually when it slaps me in the face. You do like when it slaps you in the face. Oh, like, absolutely. I want to talk absolutely. about... Absolutely. I don't even make jokes. Like, I don't even deny the, the, the memes anymore. Like, I'm all about it. I want to talk to you about the Trooper Academy. Can you tell me and the millions of listeners about the Trooper Academy? Because from what I've heard, and I, I'm sure it's different state to state, the Trooper Academies are pretty fucking hardcore. Are they not? Oh, absolutely. Um, Nah, I was... So I was a nasty girl. I did the National Guard for six years. So I had to go through at least the Army's basic training. And the Army's basic training was a joke compared to the Trooper Academy. 
Really? It I'm was a joke. Yeah. Well, the, at least the way I figure it is like when you go through, whether it's Army, Air, well, Air Force isn't hard at all, but you go through Army or like Marines or something like that, they have to conform to a federal standard. And you know how the entire country is getting soft. Whereas you go to the State Trooper Academy, there are no rules. You have no like governing body. It's just whatever they think is okay to do, they do it. Fair enough. And and like at least so in my basic training company, we had about 150 people or so, three platoons, and I think 12 drill sergeants. So 12 drill sergeants spread out among 150 people, as opposed to the first day of my patrol school was 40 people. I think they had about 15 instructors. Wow. So there's no, there's Can't hide. Like in the arm. Yeah. In the army, you can fly under the radar. Like I had a dude in my company or in my platoon, literally two days before graduation, the drill sergeant's like, have you been here the whole time? Like he had no fucking clue. This dude was part of our platoon. Didn't even know who he was. Whereas you go to a trooper Academy. Nah, everybody knows your face. They know your name. And they know everything about you. Now, was there like a lot of yelling and screaming? Like, you will right grab on this ticket. Watch the soccer mom. Shoot that dog. Shoot that dog. Does that happen? Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. We are not the ATF, okay? We don't go out shooting dogs. Maybe a little bit of pepper spray to the dog, but we don't go shooting the dogs. But yeah, no, there is. I, I'd probably say there was more screaming than there was in the army. Okay. Like that for like it is a culture shock. And like and I and I had a bunch of guys from the military, from the Marines and the Army that were in my class. And we were all kind of standing there before that first formation, like the very beginning. And we were like, all right, guys, it can't be that bad. We've done we did the whole army thing. We did the Marines. It'll be all right. And even we got a bit of a culture shock, honestly. Did you guys lose a lot of people? After the first oh, couple of weeks. God. Dude, not even the first couple of weeks. I think we lost nine in the first 24 hours. <laughs> and like, and I don't understand that. Like, I mean, I, I'm sure everybody else was like me. Like, they go through the hiring process, say, say it takes six months. You're doing all that extra effort, go through the hiring process. You're telling all these people that you're going to go be a state trooper. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. And not even 24 hours later, you're like, nah, fuck this. I'm out. I'm going to go crying back to my old job and see if they'll hire me. Like, I just don't understand that mentality, but yeah, we lost. I think we started technically with 40 people and finished up with 19 or 20. Wow. Yeah. I mean, like I get like the trooper life is not for everyone. And sometimes you get there and you're like, Man, because especially like if you're a lateral, like you've already gone through one police academy and now you've got to go through the lateral school and start getting yelled at again. It's like, nah, man, I've already done this. I don't want to get yelled at again. Let me ask you what your take is. My humble opinion, I think a good mix of like stress inoculation, but also some like good learning is good. You know, I, I but I, I haven't been to a trooper academy. Do you think there were times where it was over the top? Did you feel like you were able to learn in that environment, even with all the crazy shit going on? Yes and no. Um, so we had 
obviously state agency has a lot of funding. Um, so I don't know if y'all ever got to use sim rounds at training, like the little uh, only when the gun, like only when the guns worked and not very often. See that like you get a whole week and a half of that in our school where it's just scenario after scenario after scenario. I granted spread out between the entire class. So it's not like you're constantly doing it, but you get a ton of sim round training and which is really great because you get to actually do the hands-on. Hey, hush. Poorly you made. get to do that hands-on stuff and you get to develop a little bit of a confidence for it. But at the same time, you do a week and a half of that where every scenario they're like, you just accept you're going to die in the scenario. Like, I don't think, I, I think I maybe had one of my scenarios where I came out alive at the end or at least without a bullet. I mean, I caught a couple rounds in the vest and everything like that, which technically I lived, but to an extent like that level of stress inoculation, like I said, it could be a really good thing, but at the same time, now you're kind of training everybody to be like, holy shit, everyone's going to kill me. Even blue hair grandma's going to kill me. And that was kind of where I was going with that. And don't get me wrong. Like I'm, I'm a proponent of, you know, you can't just, waltz into the academy and kumbaya and hold hands like there there needs to be a certain level of stress inoculation to it and a, a seriousness to it but i also sometimes wonder i mean you know troopers have a reputation for a reason and if it's because you know they go to this academy and the stick is fucking shoved so far up their ass that they lose their personality obviously you haven't i'll make fun, i'll poke fun of myself my very first traffic stop on the road was one where I, I was running tags because I didn't like we didn't get radar right out of school or anything like that. And I ran this tag and I, I typed it in wrong, came back stolen. I was like, holy shit, let's go. And I'm amped up and I start shuffling up to the car, a little side shuffle gun, like trying to get the gun halfway out the holster so I don't have to do use force or anything. But like at the same time, I'm not trying to die. And it really, it really was that grandma. And I'm just sitting there. My FTO is just standing at the back of the car laughing his ass off because he knew I, I made a typo. And it's like, yeah, the training was good, because but you also have to learn people. And it's kind of hard to teach people skills in that kind of environment. This is just my, my opinion on this. I don't know if you can teach people skills. I think people either have it or they don't. I don't know, though. I think it, I think it can be learned through experience i don't think it can be taught by in a death by powerpoint class oh yeah i i agree with that completely i just i think all of us can take a second and think about people we've worked with and then think about how they've changed over time and i would yeah. i would make an argument a lot of them probably haven't you may have a few outliers i think just yeah. some people are more naturally gifted with the the gift of gab. I mean, like I can't enunciate words, enunciate words. There you go. Uh, but I feel like I'm a pretty good talker and pretty slick with people, but I, I know some other people that are fucking fantastic cops, very fucking smart, but they can't talk themselves out of a barn, which I don't know if that makes sense. What I just said, but you know what I'm saying? I've heard the expression. I don't, I've never understood it, but I've heard the expression. I don't understand it either. We're going to go. With and it. like, and, and I know you're a huge proponent of raising the age like the minimum age for law enforcement. I wouldn't go and, huge, but I, I would think it wouldn't be a bad idea. But 
It's one of those things like there. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I, I would say like there are guys that are 21 that are fucking more mature than me. But I think it's one of those things you got to be really cautious about. But go on. I, I feel like. And, and a part of the reason I didn't want to go work for the sheriff's offices, a lot of sheriff's offices make you work in the jail before you hit the road. Um, but something like some experience like that or even shit, you go work customer service somewhere at some shitty little fast food or grocery store or something like that where you have to talk to people because you can't just say, man, you hurt my feelings. Fuck you. I'm going to arrest you or I'm going to write you this ticket. Like you have to learn how to talk. That should be some sort of prerequisite. And I get why. Hold the on, hold awesome. on, hold on. You're getting a fucking applause for that. That was brilliant. You're absolutely <laughs> right. Thank you. Thank you. And I get why the sheriff's offices, a lot of them will make you work in the jail or as a bailiff because Hey, you got to know those jobs if that's what your sheriff's office does. But at the same time, it's like, man, I didn't go through a police academy so I could sit in court and say, I'll rise for the honorable judge so-and-so who's going to probably find everyone not guilty in here. Like, no, I joined to do hood rat shit. I want to help people. I want to take bad guys, go to jail, and I want to get a little bit of adrenaline high while I'm doing it. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back to the podcast. I want to talk to you about my buddy Brad Williams over at Police Fit. You guys see him on the page every single Monday on Poorly Made Police Memes. Brad's going to help the new applicants and active officers smash their fitness and regain their health. Brad has 11 years experience in the fitness industry, 17 years in the military, and is also a first responder. He's going to share his experience and expertise to help applicants get their dream job and help active first responders regain their health. That's Police Fit, and I'll have a link for you on the podcast description back to the podcast you are i forgot what i was doing here i'm a i'm a podcaster <laughs> uh you when i when i reached out to you i had just recorded a podcast with silent Saul, the law odyssey three brilliant uh, which, man brilliant so it, i think for you it's coming out soon by this point it's been out for a month but there were a couple little dui things that came up and so I said, hey, since you're a trooper, you feel pretty competent in DUIs, which you said, yes. Correct? Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we're going to hit that pretty fucking hard on this podcast. I, I did want to add a little caveat. I'm not a DUI instructor. I, I don't know. Are you? Yes. So I teach. So I'm a standardized field sobriety test instructor. Um. Obviously, I'm or I'm also an instructor, so I can just teach at police academies and kind of go over just the basics of our impaired driving laws. And then I'm a drug recognition expert, which dives much deeper into the drug impairment category. Um, so when you get somebody who's just completely high off their ass, but you take them to the jail and they're blowing double zeros or whatever the case may be, it's like, nah, man, this person's still fucked up. They need let's get somebody in here to find out why they're fucked up. So I will add the caveat, even though he is, we're going to, I don't want to say a subject matter expert, but you have some expertise. This isn't fucking legal advice. Don't go fucking do something based on what you heard on a poorly made police podcast. I know I shouldn't <laughs> have to say that, but hopefully these are some ideas and you can run them by, you know, the people at your agency or the people you work with and see if they work or, you know, just, topics to talk about but don't don't fucking go crazy is basically what i'm saying here this is just shit we can talk about and this is just two moderately buzzed people talking about it on a poorly podcast made podcast 
Yes. So, like I said, don't go crazy. But before we do that, with all that lead up, we need to uh, do our officer of the podcast, which I had a guy send in three. So for the next three podcasts you hear, it'll be from the same guy. I've decided it's probably fucked up. You know, individually, they've each done something cool. So I'm not going to just read all three on one podcast. I want them all to get their recognition. So uh, I will read this poorly. And by the way, it's Officer Blankety Blank. We know this. Officer Blankety Blank recruited me right out of the academy and guided me as an applicant through the beginning stages. He was there for me through FTO with questions or suggestions on calls uh, that he heard about through the grapevine. He continued to help me through the remaining four years I was at that police department. I observed Officer Blankety Blank continuous trend of helping other officers coming aboard with un- unfaltering attitude towards making every officer the best they could be. Officer Blankety Blank continues to do so while going through every obstacle admin throws his way after I left. Officer Blankety Blank continues to stay in touch and make sure I'm staying on the right path. This kind of care for each other is lacking in the job that we do, or I feel is lacking the job we do. And you see other, I can read, I promise. And you see (laughs) officers care more about self-preservation rather than supporting other officers. So Officer Blankety Blank is our winner do you think he deserves air horns, T-Rex, or an applause? T-Rex, for sure. I'm a big big proponent of the T-Rex. Good call. Man, I haven't done a Velociraptor in a while. I was going to sneak those in there. Ooh. I've been kind of lazy with that, so maybe maybe be careful. Um, <laughs> as always, the uh, Office of the Podcast is brought to you by Ghost Patch, who generously donated the patches for us, so Make sure you go check them out, and then we've got all kinds of cool stuff that we uh, do together. And make sure that you're nominating your buddies for Officer of the Podcast so I can keep this going. I'd really like to do that. All right. We're going to get to some Instagram questions, but I I asked this of Saul, and I'm going to ask you the same question, and I want to kind of get your take on it and see what you think. All right. So, allegedly, I may have seen a senior officer do this, and I may have thought, huh, this is kind of smart. I I don't know about you, but occasionally you may get up to a car, and especially something where you don't really have driving. It's like in a some kind of uh, uh, equipment some violation or something. Yeah. Something petty, right? You get up to the car, and you're like, there might be something going on here. There's not an officer safety issue that, I mean, there's always this issue, but you're just your perception is there's not something crazy going on here, but you're not sure if they're deuce. I allegedly may have seen and may have done nystagmus while they're still sitting in the car. Now, every time I did that, people seemed to do okay on it. And so I was like, all right, I'm not pulling them out of the car. Let's say. So... No, go ahead. You go ahead. Go from there. What do you think about that? I don't know. I'm just gonna. I don't like people staying in their car because they know their car a lot better than I do. And if they've got some shit hidden or something like that, not a big fan of doing it in the car. No, I, I don't disagree with you on that. It, I wouldn't advise that. Like, it's not a super safe thing to do. I, I would just say tell you when I allegedly had done it. As far as like, ha- I had somebody there with me on the other side of the car type deal. I, 
I wouldn't compromise my own safety, but I, I do recognize that's probably not the safest Damn. thing to do, even yeah. with help there. I, I forget local cops always have somebody on like backup on a traffic stop. Like, yeah. Man, it's where I'm at, shit, dude. I do traffic stops all by myself all day, every day, and don't think twice about it. Do you ever, so, I mean, right. how far away is your closest cover? <laughs> Depends. Um, yeah. I like to stay kind of close to the city limits because that way at least I know, hey, the city cop will get there pretty quickly. Because I, ha- I had one, this was a little while back, so we're going to be careful about some of the details because I think it still might be in the court system. But basically the dude decided to pull over in the middle of a four-lane interstate in the middle, like the middle two lanes, and he just got out of the car and burned himself out. A like rush hour traffic. And I had, I was like, get me everybody. And I had the local PD get there within about three minutes, I think. And the nearest trooper was about four or five minutes out. Okay. So you were like, you had help there pretty quick. Yeah. But there are some like, I mean, I work in a fairly populated area. There are some guys in some of the rural counties, man, they're the only one working. Their backup might be 40 minutes away. Yeah, that ain't. I don't necessarily agree with that. That ain't right in my. Yeah, in that kind of sketches me out a little bit. But they also do, and not to disparage them, they typically do work a little bit differently and a little bit less work. Like they're not, they're not going to be out there stopping cars nonstop. They're going to be a little bit more selective in what they do. I guess is a good way to put it. Oh yeah, you, you get way out there with it. Get a little off. Topic, <laughs> a little uh, sus. Yeah. Uh, now you get way out there where the banjos do start playing. It's like, mm, I, God, can't take <laughs> you seriously when you do that. Um, but no, like we, tr- because we're in a busy area, we try not to do anything if we're the only trooper car available. Like, man, if it's like three o'clock in the morning on a, let's say a Tuesday morning, and you're the only car working, man, you're not stopping cars. You're just laying low, hoping that nobody crashes the car and trying to stay awake. Okay. Try so to it's like an unspoken, it's unspoken. Like you don't put yourself in a bad spot kind of deal. Yeah. Like, and that's what, like I said, that's why I tend to stick closer towards the city limits is that way. I do know that I have backup coming fairly quickly, but I mean, sometimes you have to be out in the middle of the County in butt fuck Egypt. And it's like, well, here we go. I guess we're about to fight this dude. So let's just, let's pretend, you know, and I know it's never safe, right? But let's just say you're in a relatively safe situation and you do that in the car. Right. Let's say in this circumstance, they, they're, they're all fucked up and you're like, all right, I'm going to have them get out and I'm going to do the SFSTs. What is your take on that? I mean, is that something you wouldn't do? Would you just fucking just get him out of the car and do the roadsides? I I guess so, I saw that as a good, like, God, I'm on the fence with this. I don't want to let a drunk go. But I also, I don't want to go crazy if I don't need to go crazy kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, do you think it would fuck the entire investigation? Yes and no. So they, obviously they teach the eyes are the most reliable, um, nits a clue the eyes don't lie and everything but while they're in the car if their body if their head and spine are not completely in alignment Mm, then you're going to see what's caused positional alcohol nystagmus or positional nystagmus so they may be 
maybe they truly did have that one or two beers, but if their body's not in alignment, you may start seeing the stagnus that is not saying what it, what you think it means. Um, so if you're to do that, make sure that they turn their feet and their body out facing out of the door. So that way they're completely in alignment, but the drug recognition part of like, so I don't know that all States have it. I would assume they do with drugs being as big of an issue as they are today. My state at least covers drug impairment as well. And there are recognize there's seven recognized drug categories And of the seven, only three of those cause HGN. So you may still have somebody who's completely impaired, but you're not going to see any nystagmus. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, if you, I mean, obviously you should be able to tell if you've got somebody who's been just pounding the shrooms, the snozberries taste like snozberries, but they're not going to show any sort of HGN. So you're going to have to actually run them through the walk and turn and the one leg sand and then go a little bit further in depth if need be. So I try to tell, especially the new officers, like old officers should be doing it, like the veterans. But I think it was an earlier podcast. You're like, eh, you can't teach a new or an old dog new tricks. It's a little bit harder. But run them through everything because you might start seeing some indicators that you wouldn't have seen if you just said, hey, let's do HDN or go ahead and blow on this uh, portable breathalyzer and we'll rock on. Well, first off, I'm going to go ahead and strike that from the record of nifty tricks. It is not a nifty trick. It's probably a bad <laughs> idea, so it's out. Let's talk about the drug stuff. And from my perspective, drug I mean, drugs have been an issue for a long time. At least when I went through the academy, a lot of the focus was on alcohol impairment. There wasn't – I mean, you maybe talked a little bit about some of the other stuff, but there's not – and I don't know if that's changed in the last – 10 years, but there wasn't a whole lot into it. It seems like if you're going to be competent at doing a DUID, I don't know where they call what they call it other places, but a DUID, DUI for drugs, um, you're probably going to need to be kind of down that DRE rabbit hole, right? Yeah. So the, like the standard NHTSA course that they do um, nationwide, and <laughs> It was all validated for alcohol, so that's all they talk about for the most part. However, what a lot of people don't realize is alcohol really is a drug. still considered a central nervous system depressant. So it kind of explains a little bit. And then NHTSA put out, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration put out the an intro to drug driving course to kind of wet people's feet on it a little bit. Like, hey, this is these are the types of drugs or these are the categories. These are some of the signs you might see. And then they came out with what's called a ride. I don't know if they had that when you were working. Oh yeah. Um, I, I always wanted to get into that, but I, I don't know. I never took one of the classes, but I've heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. So, that, and, and that's a really good course. It kind of bridges the gap between just your standard DWI officer, DUI, OUI, whatever your state calls it. Um, it kind of bridges the gap between that and the drug recognition expert, that DRE route. It gives you a little bit more knowledge so you can start recognizing the signs and then call somebody pretty much to come in and confirm your beliefs. Yeah, I don't know. And this is just like me bitching. I think, in my humble opinion, the DUI stuff has just got so overly fucking complicated. And I mentioned before, you got to do the hokey pokey to get your DUI. 
right? God, you really do. It's fucking weird, dude. It's the weirdest shit. Like, think about any other arrest you make. You're not oh, doing this know. shit. I know I wouldn't you wouldn't know. know. That's not real crime. <laughs> uh, remind me to ask if you've ever had a real call before, but I'll ask that at the end. But with that said, it's just, I we got to do something else. And I know what the answer is. And I know, I, I mean, I don't know what the answer is. And I, you know, some, some others have kind of made the point where it's kind of a, uh, it's a whole thing now. I mean, you have like lawyers that are all specialized in it and it's a, it's an industry. So I don't it, know it really is. how it could be so, changed. And I, I get it. The lawyers are trying to make a quick buck. Um, like I, I understand from the aspect of look, so every DWIRS you make, you're potentially saving a life. So to me, on one hand, doesn't matter what you pull them over for. If their blood comes back or their breath comes back at over the legal limit or too many impairing substances, no questions asked straight to jail. But on the other hand, you still have those pesky fourth amendment rights that are really important to Americans. Yes. Um, and a lot of officers are discouraged from doing DWIs because like you said, it's a hokey pokey. A lot of agencies require you to write basically a novel in your arrest report but DWIs are the most litigated thing in America. People are going to go to trial for a DWI before they go to trial for a murder. And yes. So that also discourages, cause I mean, I'm sure you didn't like being on the witness stand testifying and like, shit, what is this asshole defense attorney going to make me look like a fool on now? So that just between the amount of paperwork, the overall time it takes to process an arrest and then having to go to court and knowing that you have real calls for service pending, knowing that, Hey, if I arrest this guy, he's blowing thirties more than triple the limit in most States. If I arrest him right now, well, I'm going to screw over my shift partner. Who's going to have to go to a domestic later tonight by himself because I'm in the jail with this asshole. So I get why people are discouraged from doing it. But on the other hand, it really could save a life. Yeah. And, you know, it doesn't really do any good for me to just sit here and bitch about what it is. But you, you had, you had it fucking nailed down. A lot of us are discouraged from doing it because they're such a fucking pain in the ass. And, you well, know, that's, that's one of those things where like you have a very, at least in my opinion, and maybe you can prove me wrong, you have a pretty good likelihood of being embarrassed in court, especially if, you know, you fuck up the roadside a little bit if, if you have to testify to them. I mean, if you get somebody who's a case law nerd or like you, you always talk about the importance of case law um, or you get somebody who has a passion about DWIs and actually takes good notes, reviews the studies, reviews everything before it goes to trial, then you have a pretty decent shot, at least in district court, that low, the lower level courts, you get into the higher level, the appeals. And to me, it's just a game of chance, really, whether the DA or the defense attorney plays golf with the superior court judge or whatever the case may be. But if you, if you take the time to actually be able to look into it, you stand a decent chance. I mean, every now and then you're still going to lose, but at the end of the day, you got somebody who was impaired off the road. And now they're out a couple hundred dollars, thousand dollars, whatever the case may be. Because like at the end of the day, I drive every day for work. My wife drives every day for work. We drive to go get food. Uh, like we drive everywhere everybody has at least one loved one that drives somewhere and 
like DWI, it happens any time of the day. Sunday through Saturday or whatever the case may be, anytime. I've done DWIs on Sundays at 6 o'clock at night. I've done DWIs at Monday morning. So to me, that's why I take the DWI stuff a little bit more seriously. I do research the stuff. I do study up on my notes because I don't want them to lose because at the end of the day, it could impact me. I've almost been hit by a couple of drunk drivers at work before. And that's just at work, not counting any chance, any times that somebody may have possibly almost hit me in my personal car. It's all such a dick. Um, he actually, <laughs> he wrote something in, you follow my page. Have you seen the, uh, the little cheat sheet things that I've done with ghost patch, the little metal things you put in your pocket. Oh, you! I didn't realize that you did that with them. I thought you were just kind of advertising a little bit for Ghost Patch. Well, I no, have I mean, seen we, those. We kind of did it together. What, as a guy that does DUIs frequently, what's your take on those? Really good resource to have. Um, at least the English ones. To me, if you're going to be good at it, because you've got an officer safety aspect to worry about as well, you should probably have the concept memorized. Like they, there have been, there's case law that says you don't have to have them memorized verbatim the exact way they're typed out. As long as you cover the key talking points um, that gets the message across without invalidating the test. So you should probably have a pretty good grasp on it, especially if you're going to be doing a lot of DWIs. But if you're not experiencing DWIs, great tool to have. Um, and if you deal with a significant Spanish speaking population, I'm kind of on the fence about that one. It's a good resource to have, but like, man, I speak gringo Spanish. I'm not trying to look at this card and just completely butcher the hell out of their language trying to get through HGN. Fair enough. My my thing on that, and that came up with the podcast with Saul, is is looking at it. I, You're right. It's an officer safety thing. Like for me, why I like it, and I had something similar I kept in my pocket, but it wasn't a fucking metal card, so it was always getting fucked up, was – you know, if you go back to run them or whatever, or maybe just look at it every once in a while to read through that shit, just to kind of like keep it up kind of thing. I would not encourage anybody on the side of the road to read that as you're trying to talk to somebody that potentially hasn't been searched or anything like that. Um, yeah. I was so just curious. I, well, go ahead. What were you going to say? I, I teach out at our academy, um, the SFSTs, and I tell them when they get to FTO, to run through it with their training officer every day, at least once before the start of your shift and every day, once at the end of your shift, because with impaired driving being kind of the bread and butter of the state troopers, it's, you should probably know it and you're going to be busy worrying about, man, this is like my third traffic stop. I'm worried about getting shot. Cause that's what they told me. I'm just going to die on every stop. Um, I'm worried about violating this dude's right. I'm worried about being graded by my FTO and now I've got to remember this long, all right, what I need you to do is stand with your feet together, arms down by your side, and stay like that until I tell you to do otherwise. It's a lot to go on. So I tell at least at our academy, hey, do it once every shift with your training officer. And since we do it so frequently, usually that's about enough. Um, but when I teach at local agencies, I tell them, hey, man, at least once a week, just grab your shift partner, run through it real quick. It takes no more than five minutes. Just that whether you go to a roll call or, hey, you stop to go get one of those forbidden free coffees. Hey, just run through the at least the directions. You don't have to make your partner walk a straight line unless you just want to embarrass them or something. 
but just run through it so at least you're familiar with it. Obviously, you don't understand the culture of a city department. <laughs> no. There will be no such things. That's good <laughs> advice, though. Well, and that's the thing, too, is, you know, troopers and traffic guys, like that's kind of their bread and butter. For a patrol guy, it depends where you work, too. Like, you've got a lot of free time. You may do a lot of DUIs. But, you know, you're busier jurisdiction. It's just one of those things that'll pop up every once in a while. You got to deal with it. And that's how it was. I thought, if you had, I thought if you had free time, you just went to the parking lot and watched Netflix. Depends where you work, bud. Depends where you work. Sometimes <laughs> sometimes you're allowed to be a cop and sometimes you're not. Depends where you live and what color your county is, but we're not going to talk about that today. Ooh, um, politics. politics. I will say at least so even if you like you're starting to get into some of the DWI enforcement, make friends with the local like your allied agencies, whether it's your state troopers, your DWI task force or something like that. Get your feet wet. Go out and stop a couple that you think might be impaired and call one of those experts out there. Watch them do it. Learn a little bit about it. And that way you don't have to just play the, that way you don't have to play the, Oh, let's uh, if you find your keys, you can drive home and then you just chuck them into a cornfield somewhere. That is a fun game. And buy the, uh, the card that me and ghost patch made because yes, I'm, I, I actually am considering getting the Spanish one. Look at you. Now we're going to get into some of the Instagram questions here. The first question is tips for the initial DUI investigation to strengthen PC. And they put slash report. We'll start from the beginning for a reasonable suspicion just to stop the vehicle. Um, just be detailed. Make sure you know your motor vehicle law, your traffic code, whatever your state has. Know that forward and backwards because there's a ton of things pretty much in every state that you'd be shocked to find out that's illegal that always happens like i know actually we're not going to say that that'll probably that might give away the state but there's a bunch of like really stupid non-moving violations that you can find to be able to stop a car so sometimes maybe they try to duck off before you get the driving um like you were talking about earlier maybe they dip off into a taco bell or one of those late night popular drunk food restaurants Maybe that's a little bit of a general indicator. Um, but I try to find about two reason, two to three reasons to stop a car if I can. I mean, every now and then, sometimes I only get the one thing and I pull them over. But so make sure you have a good reasonable suspicion. It's not something that you're just like, I'm going to stop the car and hope I can come up with something in the long run. For the building your PC, just make sure you're proficient with your field sobriety tests. Those will build your PC as long as you do them right. And sometimes like for us, like when we go to a crash or something like that, because state troopers always take like an hour to show up to your wreck, put in a little extra work, find out, Hey, uh, is this your car? Who is driving? And if they try to deny it, look for injuries. Maybe they have a seatbelt mark from that's going across their chest that from left side to right side, which would show that they were in the driver's seat. Um, or look to see if they have the keys to the car in their pocket. Just a little detail-oriented, and just make sure you know the your SFSTs. That'll build your PC. And just take detailed notes. You learn with experience. I look at my first DWI report, and I have a stroke reading it versus what I do now. Um, so some of it will just come with What time, kind like, of stroke? 
like a good time uh, stroke or a bad time oh no stroke? it's a it's a bad stroke it's like holy uh, hell okay. how did i how did i get a conviction on this it was a plea deal thank god but dude because at least for our court system it takes like can take up to two years sometimes even three years to make it through the court system for dwi and let's say you are a proactive officer it's like man let's just say you write a hundred tickets a month or stop a hundred cars a month, not even counting tickets or warnings, man, you do that. That's 2,400 tickets two years later or 2,400 car stops, man, you're probably not going to remember all the details. So try to be as detailed as possible. And at the end of the day, your first couple of trials, you're probably going to get burned. It is what it is. Um, just learn from it. Or, I mean, nobody likes to sit in court or at least I don't, um, shit, just go to one of your buddies, DWI trials, Watch, find out what he gets burned on or what he does really good or what she does really good. Learn from it. In my, in my opinion, you're not, you doesn't matter how much experience you have on the road. You can still learn from somebody else doing it. What's the highest percentage you've gotten on a stop for BAC? Um, 30 or 0.36 on a Monday at about 10 o'clock at night. He was, he said he was going to work. I was like, Jesus Christ. I used to have a picture of it on my phone, but I don't think I have it. I may, I may have this picture somewhere, but I'm pretty sure I was like a point four five something, or maybe a point five something. One Jesus time. Jesus Christ! Awesome. Daytime guy passed out in the middle of an intersection. Never did uh, roadside. He couldn't do it. Yeah, he was about dead. Dude, those are always like, it. those are always really good. It's like you get him out of the car. You're like, all right, dude, we're gonna do some tests. No, man, I'm too, uh, uh, and they just kind of fall over, just walking back towards your car. And you're like, all right, we're done. Let's, let's just go. This is enough. Yeah. I got mine back on a blood test and it was amazing. Um, what's the dumbest defense attorney tactic used against you in DUI court? Uh, shit. There's so many. So. I don't know if he's if he listens to this, but one of my instructors, and it's the best. I'll butcher it the way he said it, but it's kind of like the best advice, really. Don't surrender your common sense to defense attorneys. They'll try and ask you some something that like something really completely simple and complex, and all or super simple, and then you try to answer it really complex, or you start talking, and then you talk yourself into a hole. Like and I, I kind of mentioned it earlier. One of the big ones, at least here for drug DWIs, is they'll say, well, all of these standardized field sobriety tests were validated with alcohol. Well, yes, that is true. And they expect you to just kind of leave it at that. You start building into the common sense. Well, alcohol is a drug. It's just a socially accepted drug. Um, so for the most part, the defense attorneys just try and find They'll nitpick at whatever they can find. I mean, I've had defense attorneys come up to me and say, look, man, um, I'm not trying to surprise you or anything like that. We've got nothing. My client just wants a trial. And if they happen to get lucky with the way you stumble across a word or something, it happens. Um, or they'll just find the smallest thing. I think the smallest detail I saw was, so in my state, you have to, I, most states have, some sort of rights sheet that you have to go over before you start doing the whole procedure. Right. Yep. So 
he asked, this was out of a crash and my buddy asked like, Hey man, will you consent? Will you, will you give us your blood at the hospital? And the guy said, no. So my buddy considered that a refusal, went back, got a search warrant, went to the hospital, was like, Hey man, I'm going to ask you again. Will you consent? The guy said, no. So he went to that sheet and wrote down the time that officially refused because the time of the search warrant didn't match up with that time. They kicked it out. And it's like, wow. really, dude? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mean, all they have to do is just get that little bit of doubt in the uh, the jury's mind or, you know, whatever technical thing for the uh, judge to fucking toss it. You did bring up something I thought was amazing, and this was in your messages. Being able to fucking get warrants on blood for refusals. Where I worked, that's fucking insane, unless it was an accident or somebody got hurt. Really? Yeah. Dude, where I'm at, I technically don't even have to ask for consent. Like, if you, like if, if I hook you up and you're just being a complete dick, fuck it. Hey, Your Honor, I just want a search warrant for the blood. We, go, we can just go straight for the search warrant if we want to. Wow. Yeah. And... I, every now and then, at least now in the softer age, it's a little bit different. But I mean, if somebody wants to fight over their blood, fuck it, you can buy that ticket, and you're gonna you're gonna ride the ride at that point. But now it's kind of gotten a little bit differently, and kind of pick your battles on that one. Fair enough. But yeah, no, it's just it's just it's real easy. It's just a quick, hey, this is what happened. This is my experience in impaired driving enforcement will you give me a search warrant they're either they refuse or they're just not being cooperative and it's if the judge or if the judge magistrate whatever you got says hey yeah there's there's pc for that done i mean if they say no obviously is what it is but that's interesting somebody wrote in and we've kind of answered it but i did want to answer it more directly why don't departments streamline the process to encourage more officers to do them? I would say that's one of those things where it's less on the department and more on the system. Do you agree? Yeah. Um, I think that's a lot with law enforcement in general, at least the public's perception is everyone talks shit about the cops and it's like, nah, man, that's on the DA's officer. That's the judge or something along those lines. But yeah, don't get me wrong. There are some agencies that I work with. Like for me, I probably type up and this is just optional for like, so my agency, all you have to do is one kind of like summary sheet. And that's technically all you have to turn into the DA's office. Now, are you going to win? Probably not. Maybe you will if you took good enough notes, but it's to me, it's just a summary. And then I turn in an extra like optional page, page and a half long statement, uh, whatever, however long it needs to be um, with all the details, like kind of the typical report that you'd expect. But man, there are some agencies where I work, they require like three, four pages worth of an arrest report. And that's not even including all of the documents you get back from the court system. It's like they're writing a bloody narrative and some places are just so jam packed. I had a buddy, he took, it took him literally six hours to do a DWI arrest. That's more than half his shift. And it's like, fuck man. Well, they are heavily litigated and I would, I would assume that department probably got burned once. And so they're like, all right, 
We gotta fucking get wild now. Go nuts. I I guess I just it's gonna start discouraging people, and maybe that's why the department some of the departments require so much shit is because secretly they just don't want to have to deal with the DWI constantly tying their officers up on subpoenas and having calls for service pending. Have you noticed an increase in the uh, drug DUIs over the last few years? Yes. Um, and I wouldn't necessarily fully attribute it to more drug use in the country, but a lot of it is where like officers are just getting better educated. Like a lot more agencies are sending people to the A-Rod classes and stuff like that. And it, having those good instructors, like the guys that I teach with at like local agencies, we're all DREs. We all nerd out about this shit. So we try to stress the importance of, Hey, don't forget to keep looking for those drug drivers. So some of it's education, some of it's uh, maybe some more drugs are getting into the country and some of it's got to do with legalization of weed, which I know you said brings absolutely no problems to the state. None at all. Is now, your, I, would this give it away? Does your state have legal weed or no? No. no I we figure don't, much, we don't of, much of yeah. that part of the country probably doesn't have legal weed. No. Um, but, I mean, I'm sure it's coming across. It's going to be legalized within the next five years, probably nationwide, if I had to guess, within the next five to ten years. Now, I will ask, because this is something I've always been told. I've looked a little bit. I've done a little bit of research. Did you, when you were, you were working after they legalized marijuana, right? Yes. Did y'all notice like a massive increase in wrecks? Yes. There you have it, folks. Straight from the poorly made <laughs> meme lord's mouth. Marijuana Trust causes me. wrecks. Trust me, bro. <laughs> the devil's lettuce. You do marijuana once and you're done. Well, okay. So here, here's my take on that is... I I think a very small percentage of the population, once weed became legal in Colorado, the people that were already doing it just kept doing it. And maybe you got a few extras that were like, okay, well, now I'll do it since it's legal. I think for the most part, it was all the same people doing it. My take, and this is just my opinion only, is the shit that they sell in the stores is a lot stronger than what people were used to. I think that oh, attributed. Yeah, no, there's no doubt. To a ton so, of the issues. Like, if you look at the weed that your parents were smoking at Woodstock, you're getting, like, maybe a 4 or 5% concentration of THC. But the stuff that you can buy now, even just at the street level, you're looking at, like, 20 to 30% at the high end. And that's just absolutely insane. And I, when, when I tell you I nerd out about this shit, one day I was, I was bored and I didn't want to clean the house. So I read the report to congress on marijuana impaired driving like i've done (laughs) (laughs) i I, i've looked into it a bunch and i like i said i think it'll probably be legal nationwide within the next five to ten years but man they're gonna i i think they're gonna have to do a bunch of research and have some sort of portable test roadside or something along those lines. Cause at least for us here, man, on a blood case for drugs, it takes like 18 months to get the results back a year and a half. What? So is it cause they're yeah. so backed up or what? That's crazy. Yeah. There's a, a massive backlog. 
Wow. Now, I mean, there's holy shit, there's situations. There's so there's one case that I know of. Um, he got charged with DWI three times within ten months. So the lab obviously is going to expedite that. But for the most part, man, it's about about a year and a half before you can get the now alcohol alone. If you just test for alcohol, eh, maybe two months. But the drugs just take fucking forever. Well, how do I mean? How do you fucking get past speedy trial? I would argue that's your evidence. I, I'm surprised a lot of those just, just don't get turf based on speedy. I don't know what speedy is where you're at, but uh, not two years. I mean, that, that's average for the state um, for a DWI trial. But at the same time, honestly, defense attorneys just ask for continuances nonstop. Like, it's not that it takes that long to make it to court. It's just the fact that they're going to constantly ask for continuance. And then the one day the arresting officer doesn't show up because they have training or something. Oh, we're ready for trial. I don't know what the state's doing with their thumb up their ass over here. And oh, then it's a fucking uh, game. It's just a game. Yeah. Yeah. So they're doing it. They continue it so long that we get the blood back. I mean, huh. I guess maybe if somebody tried it like the first month after their DWI, they're like, all right, I'm ready for trial. But again, since that's kind of the norm, if I figure that they'd say, oh, you, you're going to have to wait for the blood results to come back. Or I don't have think they can do that. I think it. constitutionally, and I don't know what it is in your state, but I would, and this is just me like sitting in my fucking basement thousands of miles away. I would, I would argue all up and day, like that didn't make sense. I would argue, <laughs> <laughs> I would argue that there's no way. There's well, no way they can make people wait on speedy because you don't have your evidence. There's no way. But at the same, I would I would argue that's not constitutional. I agree with you there, but at the same time, at least most states impaired driving statutes, you don't have to prove what they took. You just have to prove that they're impaired. I agree. So, I mean, you still may be able to get the conviction, but it'd be a yeah. lot easier with the blood test back. Yeah, and I I know that there's there's one or two places where I'm at um, that have a local private lab, or at least my understanding is it's private lab, and they get their results back a lot faster, but they're also only servicing that one tiny region as opposed to being the state lab. So I don't know if you can answer this, but I'm going to ask, and you just let me know. Why have DUI SFSTs evolved into asking so many medical questions for a conviction? Um, I don't know why it's evolved to that point, but it can be for good reason, though. Um, so I had a buddy recently. He went to do a drug recognition eval or drug classification Local officer arrested him, said, he, man, he is, it, he's fucked up. Come on down. And they started going through all the tests, and they're like, no, get this man to a hospital now. Like, he needs medical attention. Um, I think he had, like, an aneurysm or a stroke or something like that. And that ended up being what you're seeing. Or you get the classic, what they always talk about in DWI classes, you get that person hypoglycemic shock, uh, that diabetic which I always thought was a myth until I literally chased the dude for about 20 miles roughly into the next county and city over 
before he finally stopped and he had no clue what hit him. And they gave him the liquid glucose on the side of the road. And five minutes later, he was a different person. So you're going to get, I've seen it too. Think, it's fucking wild. There was a guy I'm like, this guy's drunk off his fucking ass. Same thing. So, and I, I know one where they took him, his field sobriety tests were terrible. That dude foobarred the hell out of him. And they get him up to the jail. They start doing a little bit more looking in depth to it and come find out that dude had a brain tumor come back. Oh shit. So there is good reason to do the whole medical. Cause at the end of the day, like the way I've always thought about it, if you arrest somebody who's not actually impaired, let's say they are having that medical issue in essence, you kind of are kidnapping them. <laughs> You're being a firefighter. Like, You're kidnapping people. <laughs> You're being a firefighter. Yeah. Or fuck it. You just ask all those questions and then pawn it off for fire and EMS to deal with. And then you just check, check back in service and go to the next call. One of the questions here, and I'm going to go ahead and take this one. Okay. You take a little, little breather, sip on your dick cock or <laughs> whatever you're drinking. And the question is, is does two drinks ever mean two drinks? And the answer is, Ron, are you paying attention? Nope. <laughs> the, the answer is no. I pushed him in. No. But yes, it is not. I have always I will, the people who tell me a lot are usually the truthful ones. I had one dude pulling him over and he, he I was like, man, you reek of booze. How much have you had? He's like, I've had about five or six beers. Get him out. Nah, man. His, I think his blood alcohol content was like 0.04. I was like, damn, really? dude. Yeah, appreciate the honesty, man. Rock on. Um, Pro gamer right there. Yeah, but I always I always like to give people shit. Like, I'm kind of the spiteful asshole. Like, I'll get them down in the jail and I'm like, yeah, man, I only had two beers. I'm like, was it the 35 ounce that you get from the Mexican restaurant? Or like, oh, I only had one glass of wine. Was it the whole fucking bottle? Because that's one glass. It is and a glass, just like, that is correct. Yeah, and they just start glaring at me. I like to, I try to have at least a little bit of fun while I'm taking them to jail for DWI. I have a whole DWI playlist that all it is is good good old country music about getting fucked up and avoiding the police and making poor life choices. And then they'll be singing it karaoke style on the way to the jail on the on camera. It's the greatest thing. Nice. Speaking of that, this is timely. What's the funniest thing someone has been playing on their radio when you walk up to a car? Oh God. Honestly, I don't know that I can really answer that just because I tune it out. Cause usually I just tune it out and don't even worry about it. I, I every now and then you'll get like so down south, the whole ugly squatted trucks thing was really big for a little while. And every time you pulled over one of those trucks, they'd be blasting something about the fuck the police. But I mean I just tune it out because I can't hear like on the side of the interstate. Like, first of all, I just have shit ass hearing, but especially on the side of the interstate, you got 18 wheelers blasting by you because they don't know to fucking slow down or anything like that. I'm half the time. I'm just like, what'd you say? Yeah, I got to imagine that would be a big pitfall of being a trooper is being a, a city cop. Yeah, we had highways and busier streets, but the fucking road noise was nothing like on a fucking interstate. That's got to suck. Yes and no. I fucking love it. Like, usually when I'm, like, if I haven't gotten into a chase in long enough, I go out to the interstate. 
Like I, I go looking for that shit out on the interstate. The inter- it always provides. There will literally all of the dumbest shit that I've seen has been on the interstate. Or not 90% of the dumb shit that I find is on the interstate, or I just see cool shit. Like I've seen the Oscar Wire Wiener Mobile like twice oh, I've seen in the past couple awesome. of years. Oh, hell yeah. And like part of me wants to follow it and like, oh, he just crossed over the line. Let me pull it over. But I also don't want to become a meme. <laughs> that's been a meme you know i've had a lifelong dream of vandalizing the oscar meyer wiener vehicle with ketchup and mustard dude if those are your dreams go after them chase them chase those dreams chase that glizzy down the interstate that's the king glizzy of all glizzy <laughs> the king glizzy yes the glizzy lord bow before the huge glizzy oh my god what that'll be the day what is your opinion on the 0.08 limit do you think it's too high too low what do you think that's that's kind of a loaded question i know a couple states have been playing with a 0.05 which that really is like man you had two or three beers with dinner if you drink them fast enough um people people handle their alcohol a little bit differently but i so i've done i have one of the portable breathalyzers for work um and dude, i'll take it whenever i go drinking man i get up to like a 0.06 and i can't feel my face and i'm kind of like you know what this is probably this is about enough for me so i think the 0.08s the 0.08 is very good I guess average. Now, if you, I mean, I'm not opposed necessarily to something a little bit more stricter, but I wouldn't go anything higher than a 0.08. Because what we'll do is when we teach the SFSTs, we'll have volunteers come in and we'll we'll get them drunk. We'll give them some liquor so that way the officers, like the new officers, whether they're cadets or even some experience, they can actually see what alcohol does and what to what you're going to see on a drunk person on SFSCs. And we'll ask them, like, we'll give them about like half of the alcohol they're going to consume. And they're sitting at about a 0.04, 0.05. We'll ask them, be like, Hey man, would you drive right now? Absolutely not. A lot of the times they'll say no at that point. But then at the end of the night, when they're sitting closer to maybe a 0.09, 0.08 and be like, Hey man, would you drive? Uh, yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm doing pretty decent. I think I could drive home right now. Now, I mean, that's not always the case, but a lot of the times. Um, so I think I think the 0.08 is pretty solid um, standard. Could it be lower? Probably would save save some lives. Um, but logistically, that would be a nightmare because you'd have to revalidate all of the studies that have been done since like the 70s. Here's an easy solution. Don't fucking drive drunk. How about that? Talk suckers. Holy shit. Did you just fix America? I fixed America. Thank me for my service. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, shit, dude. If if you could tell people advice like that, then all of law enforcement would be out of a job. Don't drink and drive. Don't get hammered and drive. Don't beat your wife. Hey, if someone yeah. says no, don't try and put it inside them. Like, fuck, man. <laughs> imagine, imagine, though, what if we put up billboards and what if we had TV commercials telling people not to do those things? I bet they would stop. Dude, 100%. I think that would be the best use of our money. Yeah. 
we're saving America tonight. <laughs> Dude, just just a couple of billboards and some ads right at Super Bowl and Memorial Day weekend. Definitely get people to stop drinking and driving. Actually, to make it a little bit better, let's throw in a couple of catchy sayings, too, that kind of rhyme that people go along with. Arrive alive. That Wait, one? I think you got something right there. All that's right. really I good. I think we're onto something. <laughs> Click it or ticket. Oh, that's good, too. Yeah. Every yeah. seat, every time. <laughs> Be a dad. Oh, yeah. We're doing really good. No means no. Yeah. <laughs> we are. We're on a fucking roll with this. The uh, the next question we have here, I'm going to – I got to play a little something. But it's uh, how many cross-eyed fucks have you had on HDN? And this is my favorite cross-eyed fuck. Dirty cocksucker. <laughs> <laughs> I have not actually had somebody like that. Um, I've had one or two people who claim that they have some sort of nystagmus or they try and make up a medical condition. And but I don't know that I've had anybody genuinely like cross-eyed where they could not follow my finger. Now I have had one guy, I mean this didn't have anything to do with his eyes, but when I asked him to blow, he's like, Man, I got C CPD. I was like, <laughs> Hold on. Do you do you mean C O P D? Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> Can you go fuck yourself? <laughs> And then I've had I, I've had others that expect me to know every medical condition. He's like, man, I got neuropathy, so I can't walk. I was like, dude, what's neuropathy? Part of me was just genuinely asking because at the time I didn't know. But part of me also wanted to see if he knew. He's like, man, you're a cop. You're supposed to know this. I was like, I don't have a medical degree, my dude. Maybe I mean, I've seen, I've seen some fucked up shit with people's eyes as a result of the drugs or the alcohol. But I've never seen someone just naturally looking like that. Something's fucky. So the last question we're going to get to, and thank you to everyone that submitted questions, is about DUI for marijuana and how to be proficient on it. I don't expect you to fucking give an A-ride course, but could you, I don't know, give a, a few little pointers and hints for people on the marijuana ones? Um. So marijuana is just going to be a little bit tricky because everyone likes to rely on uh, horizontal gaze and stagnus, which cannabis isn't going to cause HDN. Um, but it is going to call what's called like a lack of convergence. So you're going to get those people whose eyes don't cross. Um, basically, you just do a quick little circle or two around the, their face and you come in like you're going to touch them on the bridge of their nose and you'll see some weird shit like their eyes will start to come in and cross. And they'll just bounce out or like just one will bounce out. And it's the weirdest shit. Um, so you'll see that marijuana shocking affects your short-term memory. So on the walk and turn, they're going to get halfway down. They're going to get all the way down to the turnaround point and be like, what am I supposed to do next? So you might see something like that. You'll see the bloodshot eyes. Um, they'll probably be asking for some snacks. They might have that increased appetite. Maybe a little bit, a little bit tired. Some sedation stuff going on, but everyone's a little bit different with how they handle it. And marijuana is like, like I said, Congress and scientists don't even know what the fuck to do with weed, just because like alcohol, you got your 0.08. That means the average person at 0.08 is going to be impaired, whereas marijuana, 
maybe you've got like you just smoked it and you've let's say you've got 300 nanograms of thc in your blood but you go through the field sobriety test and they're not showing that many signs of impairment as opposed to you do it like three hours later they've got two or three nanograms of thc in their blood but now they're showing a lot of signs of impairment so not cheech drugs cool <laughs> so marijuana like most people have been around somebody who's smoked weed before. Like you know what somebody who's high and impaired looks like. Same thing with alcohol. You know what a drunk person looks like. Use that and use good judgment. Add that in with your field sobriety tests, any A-Rod tests that you go through, um, and you'll be going places. And I, and this is why I asked you how many increased crashes. Man, people who smoke smoking the devil's lettuce, their depth perception is super fucked up. So if you just do a, like a finger to nose test, you're going to start seeing them. So like stabbing themselves in the eye or like thinking they're touching their nose, but they're still a good two, three inches away from it. You'll see some weird shit on that note. Very well done. Thanks for, uh, thanks for experimenting. That's the wrong word. Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for doing this with me. No, that's. Oh Yeah. Do. I'll I'll do this with you all night long. Fucking weirdo. <laughs> hey, that's that's like week two of the Highway Patrol and like State Trooper Academies is to you just loosen up and take it a little bit. <laughs> Gay. <laughs> are you uh, are you ready for some of my dumb questions? Absolutely. This is like the most look forward part of every podcast. I was curious if people actually like this or if this was just fulfilling my own needs. I'm glad people enjoy it. A little bit of both. I mean, it's good for me if it's good for you. <laughs> uh, on that note, <laughs> uh, would you do it all over again? Would you become a cop? I mean, not a cop. You're not a cop. You're a trooper. Would you become a trooper again? Tell your dog to shut the fuck up. Dog, <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> Shut the fuck up or you'll get dropped off at the Korean restaurant down the road. <laughs> That's staying in. Anyway, would you would you uh would you be a trooper again or would you go into another line of work? I I'd do it again, um, within reason, I guess. Like if I got fired today and they said, Hey, in like three years you can reapply. Nah, fuck no, I'm not coming back. I'm not going back through that school. But like, if I look back on my younger self, like in college, absolutely. The amount of fun and freedom. Like I, I've got one buddy. He works for a smaller agency and they literally have it in policy that even running emergency traffic, code three, whatever you want to call it, lights a siren, he cannot exceed 80 miles an hour. What the cinnamon toast fuck? Yeah. Whereas me, I can chase over a seatbelt and I'll be cruising 100, 120 miles an hour every day on a daily basis. Your dog needs to shut the fuck up. I told you they have screaming match. So I'm about to put him outside for a minute. Let's go. There we go. But yeah, no, like I, I cruise about 120, 130 miles an hour at least once a day, every day. It's great. America. 
Fuck what yeah. was the stupidest? <laughs> you know, I don't know why we don't have that music on the podcast. We're, I'm gonna get that. I'm gonna get that coming up here in a second. But <laughs> why? Uh, or what is the dumbest thing you did as a rookie? Oh Jesus! Um, dumbest thing I did. Oh. Fuck. This story's probably. It wasn't this. Yeah, this story will give me away, but fuck it. At least, well, I, so I don't want to give you away. Maybe change, change the details a little yeah. bit, maybe. Uh, no. Well, once we're done recording, I'll tell you this one because there is no changing the details on this. The details okay. are what makes the story. Um, Your second dumbest mistake. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Second dumbest mistake. God, I got to think about that one. Well, while you're thinking about it. Yeah. Well, come back to me on that one. Did you figure something out yet? No pressure. Yeah, we'll go with, uh, I mean, everybody does this at least once, I would expect. Uh, literally the day after we had a big old snowstorm, I'm cruising down the road and I had just gotten a new car too, or new to me car at least. And I should have known better. I knew there was a truck stop up ahead and like the interstate busy interchange, but the sun was in my eyes. I looked up, went to flip down my sun visor and fun fact, when you rear end a tractor trailer doing about 40 miles an hour, tractor trailer doesn't even notice it. (laughs) And then everybody... Everybody just stares at you. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Were you on that damn computer? No. <laughs> I mean, that's not necessarily like something inherently stupid. It just makes you feel stupid in the long run. Because I had to get, yeah. I, I watched the video with a driving instructor from my remedial training. He's like, you ever going to do that dumb shit again? I was like, no. He's like, all right, training done. <laughs> now, I know you're not a real cop. But I wonder if you have a the best dead guy story. Ooh, best dead guy. Um, I mean, I, I assume on the interstate you've probably seen some gnarly ones. I don't. I don't oh know God, constitutes yeah. Best dead guy, but you got a good dead guy story. No, I haven't had to find. I haven't had to find anybody dead like on a generic call for service or anything like that because we don't do that petty shit. But probably. One of the better fatals that I went to on the interstate, and I still to this day don't know what caused the damage to his face, but he ran off the road and hit a parked box truck. And for those who don't know, pretty much all cars these days have that little black box that airplanes have and can tell you fucking everything. How many RPMs your vehicle had before the crash, how much gas, how much brake was applied, all this shit. And we couldn't even download the car. It was that fucked up. And this dude straight up, he was driving a a Ford Taurus, like one of the new ones. And this dude, I could put my fist all the way through his face, the back of his skull. And there's like, just wiggle it around. Brains, eyes, like all that shit gone. But like, we went to look at the steering wheel. No evidence. Yeah. No evidence. Looked at the back of the box truck, like the lift gate and all that stuff. 
no blood, no brains, nothing. So to this day, that is, that's probably the weirdest one. And then like, I got comfortable with dead bodies real quick when I did my internship with the police department. Cause I did a pretty, like I said, a pretty good size agency. And man, I saw one where a guy decided he wanted to play human versus train and he Oof. lost that one real quick, Oof. but man, his limbs are all over the place. His brains in one spot, heads in another. And like, I'm just kind of looking at him like, damn dude, the special effects people on CSI, like law and order, all they do this shit, right? Like that looks pretty cool. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if I need to like. I don't know if I need to take the dead guy out. I think I give enough warning if people are kind of grossed out by shit. But I I don't like dead people, but I do find it kind of interesting. But uh, I mean, that's pretty gnarly. Dead people, dead people kind of sucks because like that dead weight is a real thing. Oh, um, so, like, obviously yeah, trying is. to have to yeah. move them or whatever, and like you pick up their like let's say you just drop their arm or something like that. You're like, damn, dude. Kind of used to be alive, but at the same time, you can't focus on that because then you're just going to be depressed and you're going to be deep throating that chicken cock until the bottle's empty. So that's you why you make to, fucking jokes about it. Yeah, you make jokes about it. And then I, I don't know how your agency was or how often I, if you were just on patrol, usually like traffic teams do fatals, but then you have to go do the death notification and the jokes stop and then shit gets real. And it's like, yeah, well, I fuck, would... man. Probably the worst call I ever went on emotionally was a death notification. Oh, dude, they're terrible. Fucking destroyed me, man. It's fucking horrible. Horrible. Dude, the first one I had to do was damn, like a 15 year old kid, like, didn't have a license, ID, nothing. So we had to knock on his parents' house at like two in the fucking morning. I was like, hey, do you own this car? Cool. Who is driving that car? Oh, your son. Do you do you have a picture of your son? Mm. And like it was just like a constant beat around uh, the bush. That's and like that's there's bad. obviously no easy way to do it, but the best way is just cold, blunt, hard facts. Like, hey, your loved ones was involved in a car crash. Um, they didn't make it and they're not coming home. But when you have to beat around the bush like that, it's just it makes things a million times worse. Are you involved with the accident investigations with the the deaths, or do you guys have like a team that comes out and handles those ones? Well, hold on, let me let me go find my trooper hat, sir. There's no such thing as an accident; it's a vehicle collision. Oh fuck! It's a crash. Okay, (laughs) accident, accident, accident. Oh my god, we're gonna have to end this podcast short. Crown Vic, suck your memes. Hey, hey! (laughs) How dare you? You you shit on my life. I'll shit on yours. Dude, no, I've um, made fun of you this whole entire podcast, and the where you lose it is the accident, no, which no, is just... now the name of the podcast will simply be accident, <laughs> or accidents oh, are real, shit. or accidents are collision, or not whatever. But anyway, no, 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 now put on the put on that campaign hat, different fucking person. Um, but are you in, are you involved in those investigations, or you guys have a team come out? So we have a reconstruction team. But they typically only get involved in like the super high profile ones. Um, like you have an 18 wheeler run a red light and T bone a senator or somebody important. Our 
reconstruction guys are going to come in and do all that shit. But if it's, I mean, I hate to say it, but if it's just a run of the mill fatal crash, nah, that's us. That's just whatever troopers working is going to go do that. Okay. Well, I, I know where the say, infantry... like on the... No, go ahead. Go ahead. We, so outside of like our state's generic collision investigation um, in the police academy, like was maybe three or four days, we do like a whole extra like week and a half or so on top of that. So like we go a lot more in depth and have a better base knowledge than your average patrol officer, cousin, fucking deputy. Like we, <laughs> we have a better understanding and grasp of it. So we'll still send people to the recon schools or like one of the intermediate schools and stuff like that. But even if you don't have that, you can still go work the fatal. And if you, if you have questions, you just call somebody. Well, and I guess the reason I brought that up and I don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole of the accident investigations, but from my experience, and I think a lot of people the same way is you get the real basic stuff in the Academy and that's all you do where, you know, your traffic guys, like my agency had traffic guys and they did the fatals. Like a, a, a stupid beat cop is not going to do a fatal. You could, you could do a lot of other ones, maybe even a serious uh, bodily injury one, but you're probably not going to do a fatal. And uh, no, like my first crash that I went to when I was in FTO, like I had literally just met my training officer and they dispatched a wreck that ended up being a damn near fatal. So we worked it as a fatal just so I could get that experience right out the gate. Well, and I guess just to get it out there, I assume you guys closed down the road and all of that stuff, right? Yeah. We, we try to leave as much open as we can, but cause like, especially on the interstate, if we shut down the entire interstate for too long, somebody's going to be on our ass about that. But at the same time, like if it, just taking up one lane on the interstate will probably close two or three because we don't need people yelling, you can't park here at a dead body. You know what I mean? Like those assholes. That just... <laughs> it's not funny. <laughs> like... <laughs> I, I, so we'll, we'll probably shut down a couple extra lanes. Plus, you know, you know how the fire department is. You only need like six inches and they're going to get their big ass fucking ladder truck, park over all of your evidence and end up blocking like four lanes when you really only need half a lane. Well, and, and the only reason I was going to say is this is kind of more of a PSA for the people that aren't in law enforcement. But the reason you do that is you have to, it's not like a run of the mill accident where you can like, okay, this dude died. Like, you know, you got to do measurements. You got to do this or that. I mean, you got to make sure that you do them right as far as the investigation goes. And I know the, uh, the big government agencies and the state agency want that information as far as, you know, better roadways and stuff like that. So, I mean, it, it, they are quite involved. Oh, correct. dude. Uh, so there's probably about, probably, eh, we'll say on an average fatal, probably about 10 hours worth of paperwork to do after the fact, whether it's going down. So it'll, it'll probably be 10 to 20 hours start to finish of actual labor, whether it's on scene, doing all of the measurements and everything, going to look at the cars at a tow yard. Um, like we get down to the bare details of like, shit, what's your, what was the manufacturer of the tire? What's the DOT number for them in the tire, the tread depth, the PSI, all that shit. Um, even how far it was from the nearest speed limit sign. And when it was last, when the last speed limit sign was posted, like what year it was thrown up. We go like super in depth into all of that shit. Cause unless the person at fault is the one who died, 
odds are somebody's going to get charged with whether it's a misdemeanor or a felony over it um or even shit just like the wrongful death lawsuits or something like that on a happier topic (laughs) what is something you wish you knew in fto or in the academy that you learned later on as a cop i mean trooper sir (laughs) um the hat is where all the power comes from always wear the hat now (laughs) the hat stays on during sex now um (laughs) have you i mean have you have you worn it during sex (laughs) you have there was pause no 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 i feel like my wife would my my wife's told me she's like if you come into the bedroom wearing the hat the clothes are going right back on (laughs) (laughs) um but probably just kind of how to talk to people Cause it's very easy, like how to talk to people and have fun with it. It's really easy when you're getting yelled at 24 seven, um, when you're in the school of now I have no feelings. This is your ticket. It is what it is. Um, as opposed to at least having a little bit of fun with your job. Cause people are going to say dumb shit. It's going to some, you're going to have your bad days, but at least find something positive out of it. Or my favorite this asshole was being this drunk was being an ass. He was yelling all these obscenities, which to me, that's why they do it in the training academies. So it rolls off your back. And he's like, man, I bet someone's at home fucking your wife. And I just looked at him. I was like, man, as long as he leaves some money for the bills and he, he satisfies her. Fuck it. I'm good with it. And he just kind of stopped. And he was like, well, fuck, I don't know what else to say now. (laughs) Um, But like when, man, when I got out of patrol school, I was just like uptight, very rigid, that like the emotionless monster, which I still am to an extent, but that's just because I've gotten burned on complaints too many times. What do you think is the proudest moment of your career? Uh, I've worked a high profile, well, probably my highest profile DWI case, which only recently happened. So I'm not going to go super into the details, but somebody who should not have been drinking on the job ended up rear-ending one of my shift partners while he was on duty in his patrol car. Um, And my supervisor's supervisor was like, nah, dude, you, Luke, you come here, you're going to do the DWI investigation. So it was kind of like proud to be recognized. Like, Hey, I need to go ahead and be the one doing that. And then probably the other one is, and I, I assume most state troopers get the bad rap of taking forever to respond anywhere. Um, but one day I did get to beat the fire department to a crash and the dude had a medical emergency. So being able to actually do CPR and actually get that, get a life save um, as opposed to showing up an hour, hour and a half after they already call in a helicopter or whatever the case may be. That's always a good feeling too. No, 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 no. Cut that shit out. I don't I don't do it for the recognition people. It's just one of the one of the local news agencies did a fucking story on it and somebody with the fire department chimed in. It's like they were also assisted by the local fire department and EMS service. I was like I mean I, I thought it was kind of funny and like nitpicky, but at the same time it's like, dude, fucking fire and EMS do that shit all day, every day. Like they're constantly running cardiac calls and shit like that. So 
There doesn't need to be a fucking news story. Like, just did the job. Let's let's roll on. Hold on, hold, hold on, hold on. By the way, here's the T Rex for the fire department. <laughs> but uh, actually, you know what is actually for the uh, fire department? <laughs> Gay. But, Gay. <laughs> but this podcast is run by a 13 year old boy, apparently. But yes. They do it every day, and yes, you do cool shit every day, and everybody out there does cool shit every day, but all the news cycle is is the fucking worst of the worst fucking shit. Let the people have some good news, okay? That That is true. The world is going to hell in a handbasket. You may as well have something positive, I guess. Would you want your kid to be a cop? Ooh. Hmm. Yes and no. I think so. And I would assume most police academies even are like this to an extent. Like, if your parent is a retired cop, you're just going to get shit on even harder. So that's going to suck. But I think in today's day and age, it's different. Like back back in the early two thousands or late nineties, you could join a police department, sheriff's office, patrol, whatever. And you could do a full 20, 25, 30 years, whatever your, whatever your retirement is, you could do that full career on patrol and have a good time. Whereas today, I don't know that you can do a full career without ending up having to get promoted and go to admin for career survivability. And Yes, promotion and progress is always good, but I don't know a whole lot of people who join law enforcement to sit behind a desk fielding complaints about shit that their officers are doing that they probably did when they were an officer. You know what I mean? Yep. I hear you. So, yeah, yes and no. Like it, it brings a lot of pride to be able to say, hey, I actually helped somebody rather than sitting behind a desk pushing paper just being miserable at your corporate nine to five job but at the same time it's also kind of shitty yeah i i hear you the next part i was going to ask you do you have any ghost stories or alien encounters you want to tell the millions of listeners about um nah i mean i feel like it's kind of kind of ignorant to think that there aren't aliens out there like that we're the only life force in the entire galaxy but i have not experienced any of it but i don't know that i've got any ghost stories either though i'm gonna be boring on that one i don't think i have anything to contribute there you've done pretty good so far so i'll I'll let this pass all right let's see where this is gonna go though good sir in your humble opinion what is the greatest patrol car of all time all right so Kind of a loaded question. The Ford Taurus is shit, in my opinion. Granted, so on the road in working condition, I've only ever driven a Charger. And I fucking loved my Charger to death. However, I have driven... I've driven every body style of the Charger. I've driven the Tauruses and the Crown Vic on the driving tracks. Um... And I will say that the Crown Vic is indestructible. That thing, (laughs) 
that thing. So when I went through, it was probably like an, it was like a late nineties crown Vic that used to be a, so I didn't go through the highway patrols, um, initial law enforcement certification course. I went through with one of the, with through a uh, local, uh, course for it. And they had a like 19 late nineties crown Vic and you get into it. And you, you can just smell the stories, but you put the key in the ignition, you just hold it and just, and you hold it for about five seconds before it finally turned over. Like no matter what, that thing will work. And I've had, I've had my fair share of mechanical issues with the charger. Um, but I love my, I love that Hemi. And to me, the, I think the current body style of the charger is the best looking patrol car. I don't know necessarily about functionality. What did you just say? I think the Charger is the best looking patrol car. You are fake news. (laughs) I stand by what I say. They're okay. You know what? It's okay. This is a a judgment-free zone. Okay? Except for this next question I have for you. (laughs) No one cares about DUIs. No one cares about the accident versus collision update. Or update. Nobody cares about the the accident versus collision argument. No one cares about rooster cock or whatever you're drinking. The people want to know, do troopers also shit their pants? Have you ever shit your pants? I think that any adult that says that they've never shit their pants is a liar. Do you have a good story to share with the millions of people? So... I mean, some of it also depends on what you define as shitting your pants. Like, to me, the second that turd meets contact with that synthetic cotton or the silk or whatever the fuck you decide to wear, at that point, you have shit your pants. Agreed. Um, So, working for the Highway Patrol, sometimes you're out in butt-fuck nowhere. And, like, I mean, sometimes it genuinely does take, like, 30, 40 minutes just to get to a crash driving time, not including the time it takes to get dispatched out and everything like that. Um, so I will say if you're working in patrol, take advantage of the bathroom breaks when you have it. I have definitely, man, I was way out there. And I, I knew enough of the codes to get to some of the volunteer fire stations and everything, but I was just too far away. And I was down on a crash. The guy had to get life flighted out to the local trauma center. And so I had to go out in that direction, which to get to the local trauma center, I had to drive through more, but fuck nowhere. And there's a little bit of a squish going on as I walked back to my car to head on to the trauma center. I was like, mm, this is not going to be good. Uh, there, there was a whole lot of that going on to the entire ride, like letting out that extra little gas. I rode about eighty <laughs> percent of that drive with the window down. <laughs> I, I live in fear, so I live in fear of gassing an arrestee to death. Why do you live in fear? Just do it. Be a man. I don't want to do the in custody death paperwork. <laughs> it's not that I don't care, like. I mean, fuck it. If if he can't hand he or she can't handle my toxic fumes, then they're just a weaker person. But I just don't want to have to do the paperwork that comes with in custody death. <laughs> Hold on, I gotta play a sound here. 
how is this not a fucking sound? I was looking for if he dies, he dies. <laughs> but it's not here. That's that's unfortunate. You need to get yourself a better soundboard. Apparently, 101 soundboards is, is letting me down. I well, guess they, are, they too are poorly made. Everything about this is half-assed. <laughs> well, loose asso, do you have any words of wisdom for all the millions of listeners? Like I said before, uh, never stop learning. No matter if you've got one year on or 25, 30 years on, you can still learn something. You don't fucking know everything. You may still be that subject matter expert, but you can still learn from somebody else. And just don't be a buddy fucker. There's, there's one individual that I work with that one, he's fucked me twice. One day I was like, chasing, it like the good way or the bad way. Oh no, it was the bad way. One day uh, I stopped a car. Dude had felony, like violent felony warrants that I was going to serve and arrest the dude like a good cop should instead of just looking the other way. So I was like, I called him out by his call number on the radio. He's like, hey, come meet me so I can do this felony warrant service. I'd like to have backup, you know? And he said, uh, call the local agency. I won't, I'm, I'm too far away. Don't just call local. I was like, bro, fuck you. And then about six months later, I got in a chase and it was about seven minutes into a high speed chase with a dot, like a, a Hellcat Challenger or something like that. And he waited in about seven minutes and for us to start going the opposite direction on the interstate before he checked in route. And I ended up having, like, it was just a minor use of force on the dude. But that all could have been avoided had he not been a shitbag and fucked me raw with no lube and actually come when he heard that some shit was going down. So don't fuck over your shit partners. I can't begin to tell you how much I despise people that don't fucking go to help calls or don't want to go help people out. Oh, dude, it's terrible. And that's the fucking worst. And don't ask for favors that are just ridiculous. The same individual fucking... One of his friends got pulled over for an arrestable offense, and he got pulled over by one of one of the senior guys in the area. And the guy at the end of the traffic stop was like, "Hey, man, I'm not going to arrest you. I'm just going to write you a ticket. But if I see you leave again and drive off, I will arrest you." Well, lo and behold, dipshit decides to drive off, and this but so go arrest him. Well, this shitbag decided to get butt hurt that we went and arrested him in front of his family and blah, blah, blah. It's like, dude, we told him that we we're going to arrest him. So if we don't arrest him and we're kind of liars and aren't worth a fuck. So we're going to do what we said we we're going to do. And he got mad at us for that, too. So don't be a shitbag. That's the best word words of wisdom I have. Don't be a shitbag. I second that. You know, and you brought up a good point not to drag this on, but. I like that. If you say you're going to do something, you better fucking do it. So don't say something that you know you're not going to be able to do. Don't just talk about it. Be about it. Yeah. So uh, now, actually, now that I'm thinking back, but probably one of the dumbest things that I've, it wasn't, it, was, it wasn't necessarily poor judgment. It was me trying to have a soul. I pulled this dude over for going like a hundred on the interstate 
And I pull him over. He's telling me this whole sob story about how bad his life was and everything like that. Um, and a bunch of things were added up. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to try, try to be nice. I'm like, you're still going like a hundred. So not necessarily going to write you a warning, but I'll reduce it significantly. So that way you don't have to worry about a million extra points on your license. And a day later, he turned around and complained on me for that. Oh, are you fucking kidding me? Nah, I wish what I was. What was the complaint? So I reduced the ticket on the side of the road down to like, like 15 over or something like that. And because by my logic, so if he was going 100 at one point, let's say I reduced it down to 75. At one point when he sped up to go 100, he was doing 75. And at one point when he slowed down, he was going 75. And he said I was just making up speeds. And I was like, dude, I tried to fucking help you. From that, you just ruined it for everybody. Nobody gets warnings. Nobody gets reductions on the side of the road. Fuck it. Everybody can hold the ticket. Every time, every time after like six or seven months go by. Good. Let the hate flow through you. Every time, like I let six, seven months go by, and I'm like, you know what? I'm ready to trust again. I go out, I try to give somebody a warning or a break, and it comes back to bite me in the ass. So fuck it. Everybody holds paper. I I literally I lead my area in overall charges and tickets and speed enforcement and everything, and I'm always in dead last with zero warnings. <laughs> A scorn lover, man. <laughs> Every time I feel like I can trust, I just get trampled on. <laughs> Will somebody please think of the poor trooper's feelings? <laughs> all right. I think we all know what I have to do right here. For just mere 30 cents a day, you can feed a poor trooper whose heart's been broken by complaints. <laughs> Think of the troopers in their time of need. Consider donating today. Okay, on that note, uh, Sarah McLaughlin makes another appearance on the podcast. Well, buddy, this has been fun, man. Thanks for uh, coming on and talking some shit, talking some uh, deuces and all that good stuff. I appreciate it. Absolutely, anytime. Love going down the rabbit holes, and uh, please do try to keep it up as long as you can. That's what she said. Well, you guys know what to do. If it lasts more than four hours, though, you probably should call a doctor. Well, yeah, it happens occasionally, though. I get talking to my Canadian buddy or Saul, and we go a little crazy. But you guys know what to do. Take care of the fine sponsors of the podcast, because without them, I couldn't do this. They are the true heroes, not me. The sponsors are. So make sure you're taking care of those guys. As always, and I'll I'll say it again, you guys have been fucking awesome with merch and stuff. So thank you for that support. I appreciate it. We all got all kinds of uh, new merch coming out. Maybe someday, maybe it's already come out. I don't know. But mugs, t-shirts, and then the coins and patches with the ghost patch. We're always coming up with new shit for nerds like me that really enjoy that stuff. And of course, you can be a monthly donor of the podcast. With that said... I want you guys all to know that I goat fuck this because I talked to a trooper and we didn't talk super troopers, but we're going to fix that. Oh, dear God. How did we miss that? 
You know how fast you were going? What? <laughs> how fast you were going? Uh, 65. 63. Officer, <laughs> isn't the speed limit 65? Yeah, it is. And I love. I, I did make you. the Snozberries taste like Snozberries comment, but it was it was very quick. But dude, that was the first thing I did when I got home from graduation. After I after I got back, I sat down, put on that campaign hat, and I watched Super Troopers. Like a man. Absolutely. And you fucked you fucked my outro, but I'll let it go. And I love most of you. <laughs> Bye-bye.